I'm about to know better. So that I may do better. Have better. And be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. And I'm becoming everything that the haters say I could never be. So after today, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, slap somebody high five next to you and let them know you got to increase your faith. Amen, amen, amen. So open up your note sheets. You've got a, a little clipboard there and a pen. If you don't have a pen, raise your hand because we want you to be able to fill in the blanks so you'll know what you learned when you leave. Amen. Well, I'm excited today. I'm excited. I feel refreshed after being on vacation for, what, four days, three and a half days. It was, it was really nice to get some rest, and I feel refreshed physically, finally. Amen. Mentally, emotionally, I feel refreshed. Amen. Amen. It's important that uh, your pastor stays refreshed, so we'll be taking a few more, a few more vacations than I have been. <laughs> Amen. I'm on to something here. Praise the Lord. All right, so we are focused on the manifested glory of God this year in our lives. We want to allow God to be glorified through our lives. Our lives are the stage where God gets glory. And when we're going through crisis and things like we're going through right now, this is an opportunity for God to glorify himself. Amen? Through our faith, through believing God that he's going to provide right through this thing. Amen? Right through this COVID-19, if it swings around again, if they shut things down again, God is my source. God is my supplier. He gave us a word at the beginning of this year. What did he say? Plenty, plenty in 2020. That means all the way until December the 31st and on into 2021. Amen. That God is my supplier. I'm trusting him for overflow in 2020. Not to have not enough or just enough, but overflow. Plenty, plenty. Sounds like double portion, doesn't it? Amen. So we have that word from God. We stay settled. We stay at peace because we know God wants to provide for us, right? And the world is not our source. The world is not our source. God is our source. God blesses us through sources. Amen? It's just a channel for God to bless us. But we're blessed according to the kingdom of God. Amen? So we've been talking last week. We began to talk about the supernatural and about strategies for the supernatural. We've, we've talked about that for about three or four weeks. We, um, um, and then last week we talked about strategies for the supernatural. What are those strategies? It's the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we talked about tongues, about speaking in tongues. And for some people, you know, that's a brand new concept or never heard about that, you know, don't really know a lot about it. But we talked about that and we cleared up a lot of misinformation and we found out that there's so much power when we pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Jude 20, or 1, uh, verse 20, he says, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Ghost. So when we don't know how to pray or what to pray as we ought, the supernatural power of God, it just astounds me and amazes me every time I think that the Spirit of God prays through me. Yes. My spirit, speaking directly to God through the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray the perfect will of God when I yield myself to pray in tongues, to pray in a language I've never learned before. And it's, it's kind of, you know, strange in the beginning because it's the only time that you're speaking that you take your brain and set it on the back burner. Yeah, yeah. And that's hard to get past because we always, when we're, we're talking, we're using our brain to tell us what to say, right? Mm. Just a, a moment before it comes out of our mouth, it already started up here, right? Mm. 
Well, this starts right here that, rather than right here. So you have to not think and allow the Spirit of God. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spoke concerning the Holy Spirit that had not been poured out yet back then. But now, I get so excited when I think, when I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is praying through me, that I'm connected with the Spirit of God, my spirit talking directly to God. The Bible says, deep calls unto deep, roaring deep, calls unto roaring deep. It says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. But He reveals it to us through His Holy Spirit. As we pray in the Holy Spirit, as we pray in tongues, we're praying the perfect will of God. And it causes um, you know, us to be tapped into the things that we can't know. The things that our eyes can't see. Our ears have never heard. It's never even entered into our minds. Some of the things that God has prepared in the spirit realm. But He reveals it through His Holy Spirit. Amen. So we talked about that a little bit last week. I hope we didn't throw anybody off. I hope everybody's okay. If you received the Holy Spirit last week, I hope that you were praying in tongues this week and keep on doing it. If you feel confused about it, my phone number is on the back of every note sheet. My phone number is on there. You are welcome to call me if you have questions and uh, you want me to help you clear up things you're not sure about. Call me and let me walk you through it. Amen. I wish I'd have had something like that when, when I was seeking the Holy Spirit. But... God expects us to live a supernatural life. We are people that are made up of three parts. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. While we're, we're having an earthly experience in our bodies while we're here on this earth. But who I am is a spirit. I'm not flesh and blood. I'm just passing through. I'm a spirit living in a body, and I possess a soul. So I'm already supernatural. Amen? The fact that I'm alive is already supernatural. But God has never expected us to just live a regular, old, just normal, ordinary life. He wants us to live above that. That's how people of the world live. But we are children of God. And we live overcoming supernatural lives, tapped into the supernatural power of God. Amen. So I'm excited. I'm excited about this. So God spoke to me and told me. He gave me um, a rhema word when I was uh, at the uh, conference uh, two weeks ago with uh, Bishop Hilliard. And the Spirit of God said the church must re-embrace the supernatural power of God. Amen. We come in expecting to just be cheered up. Yeah, yeah. We come in expecting to just, you know you know, feel a little better when we leave. But God wants us to release our faith for the supernatural. For those things that we've never seen before with our own eyes. Seeing a leg grow out right in front of us. Seeing a, you know, tumor fall off of somebody right in front of us. Amen. God wants us to, to believe Him for supernatural things to happen. Like, you know, when, when you're in need... And you sow a seed, and you need an exact amount, and that's exactly how much money someone gives you. I'm talking about those supernatural things that cannot be denied. Where you know that you know that you know that God just did something supernatural in your life. That's how God wants us to live. Hallelujah. Supernatural. In the supernatural. So number one, if we're going to increase our faith for the supernatural, we're going to have to, number one, know that God deals with us according to our faith. 
He deals with us according to our faith. Your first blank is our faith. That's how he deals with us. So if we're going to receive the supernatural from God, as it, you know, God wants it to get to where it's an ordinary thing. I told you, told you this on last week, that God is raising up the body of Christ to be walking in the supernatural. That is going to get to the place, and I feel this by the Spirit of God, you know, that we are going to get to the place where it is an ordinary thing for you to see the supernatural happening Amen. on your job. With that, the Spirit of God will speak to you. If we'll listen, if we'll be all in, and we'll have our spiritual ears tuned up, that when we have an unction from the Holy One, we don't stop, we don't wait, we just immediately act on what the Holy Spirit is saying. And I believe if if we get get release our faith for it. You know, as a body, we have got y'all can't release your faith for me to do it. Y'all gotta release your faith for you to do it. My job is to raise you up to do it. Amen. Amen. To, to to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Amen. All of us are supposed to have a ministry. Every single one of us. Amen. Amen. So he deals with us according to our faith. So if we're going to walk in the supernatural, we have to increase our faith in that area. Like you may have plenty of faith for um, gosh, somebody shout something out. Some, something you are, it's easy for you to believe for. Healing. Healing, Healing is easy for, it, that's easy for her to believe for. But maybe supernatural in other areas, maybe for finances, it's hard for her to believe. Okay? Somebody else shout something out. It's just easy for you to believe for where it seems like other people have trouble believing. Groceries. Groceries. It's easy for him to believe for groceries. Amen? While other people are like, Lord, let my groceries stretch. I need this to be like five loaves and the two fish. Amen. So we have to we have to increase our faith in that area wherever we're lacking. Amen. So if this is where God has taken us, then God expects us to up our game on our faith. Amen. To stir up our faith, to stir up the word of God, to stir up the gifts of God. Amen. So Hebrews eleven six, without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. He is not pleased with anything but faith. So in this scripture we're about to read, Jesus had just raised Jairus' daughter from the dead. You know, this was a, a just a powerful miracle on the way, you know, to go heal Jairus' daughter. The woman, the woman with the issue of blood, she, you know, Jesus is in a hurry. Jairus' daughter was sick. They said she's about to die. You know, please, Jesus, come and lay your hands on her. Jesus is on his way to heal a girl who's about, she's at death's door. And the woman with the issue of blood reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. Jesus stops. Jairus is like, what are you doing? Come on, we got to go. But Jesus stands there and lets the woman who touched him, somebody touched me. You know, and the woman finally said, yes, it was me. I touched you. And I've spent, you know how when people start talking about the health sometimes, how they can go on about it? Yes. She's going on about it. I've been to 12 doctors. I've had this for 12 years. I've spent all my money on doctors, and I never got any better. In fact, I got worse. You know, and by this time, by the time she, she quits talking, and by the time they get to Jairus' house, they can hear a big commotion going on. His daughter has died. They said, don't trouble the teacher anymore. Your daughter has died. So Jesus said, don't worry. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. They're like, who do you think you are? We've seen that she's dead. But he put them all out. 
And he goes in and he tells the little girl, Talitha Kume, I say to you, arise. So the little girl, about 12 years old, sits up and rises up. And he says, give her something to eat. And uh, the little girl is healed. Well, the Bible says that everybody began to spread this story all over. Everybody started to hear about it. And so these blind men heard about it. And so as Jesus is leaving, the next day, um, these, these uh, blind men kept, were following him. And were hollering out to him, you know, we, we want to be healed, we want to be healed. So Matthew 9, 28 through 30, it says, And when he had come into the house, the blind men came into him, or came to him. And Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? Do you believe that I'm able to do this? You know, I think that's something we have to ask ourselves. Do we really believe that God is able to do the supernatural? Amen. Do, we, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. And look at this. Then he touched their eyes saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open. So underline that right there. Or put a circle or a star beside it, something. According to your faith, let it be to you. The promises of God are not automatic, but they come to pass when we use our faith. And supernatural, the supernatural power of God is part of what should be a part of our lives. But it's going to come because according to our faith. It's not, don't just expect it to just happen one morning. Amen? It should be something that we develop our faith enough to walk in. Message translation says, He touched their eyes and said, Become what you believe. Verse 30 says, It happened. They saw. So according to their faith, that's how God deals with us. Look at the Amplified. According to your faith and trust and reliance on the power invested in me, be it done to you. So whatever you're dealing with in life, God can deliver you from it according to your faith. If you can, if you can just raise your faith up. 1 John 5, 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. So there might be different things that you're dealing with. You know, you, maybe, you, know, you say, Pastor, I've just come, I'm just hoping to get my life on track. You know, I can't even think about supernatural for other people. You know, I'm just trying to get my life on track. But I'm telling you, you got to use your faith to even get your life on track. Amen? Make good choices. You know, the most important thing you'll ever study when you first get saved or whenever you get saved is how to use your faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. He deals with us according to our faith. Amen? Alright, so number two. Jesus taught that increased faith talks to situations and things. Now, two weeks ago, we talked about that, about speaking and about how important it is to know and speak the Word of God. But number two, Jesus taught that increased faith talks to. Faith talks to situations and things. Faith talks to situations and things. If you're talking about it, you're not talking right. You can't talk about it. You've got to talk to it. Kenta was talking, telling me this morning that he's got some sort of an oil leak in his car or something else is going on. He said, it's really not safe to drive. I said, Are you talk did you talk to it? He said, yes, ma'am, I did. He knows. I praised him to, to uh, know how to use his faith. But you've got to talk to it. Like I talked to my car that time. Said, you are not God's best with, for me. I call you replaced in Jesus' name. But until then, you'll get me where i got to go with no stress, strain, or struggle. Amen. So you've got to talk to stuff. Faith talks to stuff. Talk to your situation. You know, when um, God took Ezekiel out in the midst of the, of the dry bones, he said, he said, man of God, 
Can these bones live? Can these bones live? He said, oh, Lord God, you know. He said, prophesy to the bones. He said, don't sit here and talk about these bones. They sure are dry. No. But he said, prophesy to the bones. You got to begin to speak to the things in your life like you have authority over them. And I know we talk about this a lot because it is the pivotal point of your faith. Faith is released by the words of your mouth. You got to begin to talk to that addiction, talk to that situation, talk to you have no right. You have no right to stay in my life. Poverty, lack. You have no right. You are trespassing. You have no right. I declare I'm abundantly supplied. Money. Talk to money. Talk, you mean you want me to talk to money? Yes, talk to money. And say, money, come to me now. In Jesus' name. Red money, I don't know where you're coming from, but I know why you're coming. Because I'm saying, red money, come now. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So you've got to talk to situations and things. So um, here's, here's the apostles talking to Jesus in Luke 17, 5-6. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, which is really tiny, just a little bit bigger than the head of a pen. If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say about this mulberry tree. Is that what it says? Talk about the mulberry tree? Are y'all with me on verse 6? Where's verse 6? So the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say, what's that say? You can say to this mulberry tree. See, that's where we're getting it twisted and that's where we're getting mis- messed up. And that's why the Lord had me revisit this this morning because we're talking about stuff and we're not, we, we're even saying yes and amen. But we're not talking to it, telling it what we want it to do. Look at this. He says that the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, this is a little bit of faith. You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the seed. And it would obey you. Mustard seed faith. That's mustard seed faith. Now we all have faith. The Bible says to each one has been given the measure of faith. It's what you do with your measure. If you develop it. See, some heard the word and didn't mix it with faith, so it didn't profit them anything. You've got to take the word and mix it with faith. And faith speaks. If you're not, if you're not speaking, you're not in faith. Faith is released by the words of my mouth. Faith comes by hearing, but faith is released by the words of my mouth. When I talk to stuff, make a list right now. Right now. I want you to make a list on the back of your note sheet, the margin, on the top, the bottom. Make it on your hand, write it on your arm. But I want you to make a list of the things you need to talk to. What are some of the things that you need to talk to? That the supernatural power of God could come and invade if you would if you would start talking to it right. If you would start talking to it like you had authority. People marvel at Jesus. Who is this man? Then he talks with such authority over things. Who is he? They were astounded at the way things obeyed his voice. He talked to the storm. He said, Peace. Be still. He wasn't talking to the disciples. Now y'all calm down. That was a waste of time. He looked right at the storm and told it, peace, be still. And the Bible says, immediately there was a great calm. So he talked to a storm. He talked to a dead man. He went to to the tomb. He'd already been entombed. 
already been embalmed, already whatever they did back in the day, he had been in there four days. Four days. And he says, take away the stone. And their act of faith to take away the stone, and he stands outside and he says, Lazarus, come forth. Amen. He had to call him by name, otherwise everybody would have come out the grave. <laughs> Wasn't time for that yet. Amen. But he talked to Lazarus. He didn't say, well, I just declare Lazarus is coming back. I'm just declaring Lazarus is coming back. No, he said, Lazarus, come forth. So you can't just say, well, yeah, I believe I'm rich and abundantly supplied. That's not a bad thing because you're affirming the word of God in your heart. But when you say, you know, um, you know, I'm rich and abundantly, I'm, I'm rich and abundantly uh, supplied. Okay, that's saying that's who I am, that's what I have, right? But when I say, Bunny, come to me now, you're telling it what to do. You're talking to it and telling it to come. Amen? Amen. Is, is anybody getting blessed by this? Amen. Okay. He talked to the dead girl, um, Jairus' daughter. He said, Talitha Kume, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And she got up. And then he talked to a fig tree. This is the day that, that Jesus got hangry. Yeah. He went to the fig tree to see if there were any figs on it, and there were not any figs on it. And Jesus was not happy about the fact that there were no figs. He, he had a hankering for figs. And there were no figs. And so in Mark eleven fourteen it says, In response, Jesus said, Come on, y'all. He said, Jesus said, Come on, help me preach. Jesus said, He said, To it. Say it one more time. And Jesus said, Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. So then he goes into the temple. You know, that's the day he really was hungry. He flipped over tables and drove the money changers out and made a whip and whipped them all with the whip. Everybody thinks Jesus was so, you know, with his hands folded. No, he, he did get straight gangster that day. He was whipping folks, flipping stuff over, let all the birds go. I mean, he was hungry. There, there was no figs. You know, and he said that, you know, my father's house is supposed to be a house of prayer, but you turned into a den of thieves. They were ripping people off, you know, for, for their uh, people would come and, and buy their sacrifice to take into the, the places. So they were, they were just ripping people off, and Jesus didn't like that. Y'all are here. You, you've got the wrong purpose for the church. The church is to be a, a place of prayer. So, so he threw down. Jesus threw down. But the next morning, as they passed by, Mark eleven twenty, they saw the fig tree dried up from the, dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Amen. So if we're, uh, if we're going to do and believe for the supernatural, we're going to have to start talking to stuff with authority. You know, so if I'm praying for somebody with a tumor, I'm not going to, you know, lay my hands on it and say, well, I'll just, you know, uh, thank you, Father, this tumor is just, you're healing them of this tumor in Jesus' name. You gotta say, tumor, go now in Jesus' name. You don't even have to shout. Yeah. Yeah. Tumor, get off her, get off him. 
in the name of Jesus. So we got to start talking to stuff. Amen. And expect it to obey. You can't doubt in your heart. Whoever says to him who doesn't doubt in his heart but believes those things he said will be done, he will have whatsoever. He says you can't doubt in your heart. I think you ought to just start practicing. Amen. 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 2 Corinthians 4.13 And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Believers speak. Amen? Amen. Believers speak. Believers speak by faith. Number three, Scripture tells us that if we want to increase our faith in any area, that we, uh, any area that we increase our input of the Word of God. So if you want to increase your faith, you've got to be hearing more Word on it. I know that when um, Oral Roberts, Brother Oral Roberts, who built that wonderful university, Oral Roberts University in, is that in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma? Yes. And uh, he built it all by faith. And uh, before, you know, when he started his ministry, the Spirit of God, I mean, he was healed from tuberculosis and um, just had a, a miraculous healing in his life. And he, you know, kn knew that God had called him into the ministry. And he began to release his faith for miracles. And God said, okay, I want you to read the Gospels like four times through all four, you know, four, all four Gospels four times through on your knees. Now, I'm not saying anybody should do that, but I'm just saying that's what God told him to do because why? The Gospels are full of the miracles of God. Jesus doing miracles. So faith would come to him so that he would be prepared to walk in the supernatural. Amen. So if we're going to walk in the supernatural, um, then, then we're going to need to hear more word, more input of the word on that subject. Amen. So Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you're going to have faith come to you, the spirit of faith to come to you, it comes as you hear the word of God. So um, I was talking to someone the other day about an emotional crisis and some bad decisions that they were making. I said, okay, um, how much of the word are you listening to? None. Well, there we, there we have it. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So we live, this spirit man lives on the word of God. Like Popeye and his spinach. Hey, remember when Popeye would be just down to his last breath, down to his last little bit of, and somehow olive oil or somebody gives him some spinach and he'd cough, 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 eat that spinach and uh, would get up with big muscles and, you know, whip the tar out of everybody. And, you know, that's the same way we are with the word of God. When we hear the word of God, our spirit gets strong. Amen? Amen. All right. So Luke 6.45 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So whatever you're loading your heart up with, that's uh, what you're going to speak out of your mouth. Number four, God does the miraculous through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. So if we're going to walk in the supernatural, that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit, Right? We, said, we saw this last week, Zechariah 4, 6-7, not by power, uh, sorry, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. So it's by the power of the Holy Spirit in us that we're going to walk in this miraculous. Acts 1-8 says, but you shall receive what? Power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. 
So he's saying right here that we're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And, um, you know, we had some people, like five people, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit last Sunday. So, um, you know, if you have not yet received the Holy Spirit, you know, you want to begin to, you know, look at the scriptures on that, read everything you can find on that so that you can be filled with the, with the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10.38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. In other words, he walked in the supernatural because of the Holy Spirit. Um, who was oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. So in other words, you've got to receive the power of the Holy Spirit to, to walk in these miracles and the miraculous. What does that word endued mean? In the sense of sinking into a garment. And wow, how, how that, that just really describes it, doesn't it? Like you, you're, the, the feeling of sinking into a garment, uh, sinking into God himself is, is what it's like, being immersed in him. It's just, oh, it's awesome. It means to invest with clothing, to put on. So God puts something on us, um, all right? And he puts the power. So here's the power, miraculous power. That word power is dunamis. Dunamis, that's miraculous Wonder-working power, ability, strength, mighty, wonderful work. So when we receive the Holy Spirit, this comes with it. This comes with it. Mighty, wonder-working, what does that say? Read it with me. Miraculous power, wonder-working power, ability, strength, mighty, wonderful work. So that comes with it. That's, we get that with the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right. Joel 2.28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. On who? All, all flesh. If, you, if you're ready, he's ready to fill you with the Holy Spirit. So I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will do supernatural things. Prophesy. That means speak of things um, to come or to speak and declare what the word of the Lord is over someone's future. You know, when um, I minister to uh, Mike and Cynthia... Uh, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, I minister to them over uh, FaceTime. And man, the Spirit of God comes upon me and I begin to prophesy to Michael and tell him how his, his uh, testimony is going to bless people and um, how he's going to preach the Word of God. And man, it's just wonderful and so refreshing. I didn't plan it. I'm just trying to minister to them, to, you know, to help them out. And uh, see where they, but we have no agenda when they call. We just see what's going on. And man, the Spirit of God starts talking to me. And I begin to just prophesy over them. And then it's refreshing. Isn't it mine? It's, it's refreshing. It's refreshing for the giver and for the receiver. Amen. Amen. But we should all be so hooked up with God that when we get in, we make contact with somebody that needs to hear a word, whoo, that it just flows out of us. Amen. You could want to be shy and want to hold it back, but don't do it. Let the Spirit of God talk through you. It says your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants. God says, men and women, boys and girls, I will pour out my spirit in those days. John 14, 12 through 14. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that 
I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will. Help me, help me say that last time. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Hallelujah. Okay. Had a wonderful opportunity this week I can't wait to tell you about. An inheritance of power. Let's look at this. We have an inheritance of power. So number one, our inheritance as children of God is power. So it's it's part of being a child of God. We inherit this power from God. Luke 12, 32 says, Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom of God. Ephesians 1, 18 through 19 says, The eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches and the glory of his... Help me preach, y'all. The glory of his inheritance in the saints. Verse 19, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? So we have an inheritance of power. So I have a right to it. As an, as an inheritor, I have a right to it. Amen? I'm an heir and I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So let's look at what is an inheritance. It's a thing that's inherited, an endowment, a birthright, an estate, a heritage. So an inheritance is not something you work for. You don't receive it because of what you do, but because of who you are or because of whose you are. Oh, I'm about to ruin. It's not something I have to work for, but it's something I receive as an inheritance because of who I am. Because I am a child of God. I am an heir. Amen. An heir is a person legally entitled to inherit property. A person inheriting and continuing the legacy of a predecessor. Uh, yeah, is that right? Yeah, predecessor. So... So I'm a person who's legally entitled to inherit property. That's, that's what an heir is, okay? He says we're heirs and we're um, joint heirs with Jesus. Well, then that means I'm a person who's legally entitled to inherit some things. Amen? John 1, 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. So... So, how many of you received him? Wait, that means you've received him, okay? And he gave you the right, right. to become children of God. Amen. To those who believe in his name. We believe in the name of Jesus, right? Yeah. He's our Savior. He's the one who's brought us near by the blood. So, as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Galatians 4, 6-7. through 7, And because you are sons, because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave. In what way were we slaves? We were slaves to sin. We were slaves to doing things, whatever we wanted to do, that's what we did. Slaves to our flesh. We were, we were, just, we were slaves to that life. But we're no longer slaves to sin. We've been, we've been delivered from it. Amen. We've been delivered from the power of darkness and conveyed into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Okay? So we're no longer a slave but a son. And if a son, 
than an heir of God through Christ. So that means there's some stuff I'm supposed to be inheriting. There's some stuff that belongs to me. I have a right to it. I have a right to it. Hallelujah. Romans 8, 16 through 17. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. And you know, think about how we suffer, you know, with Christ when when we were in um, Florida. You know, the world hates hates us. You know, the world hates us, right? It's not news to anybody because we belong to Christ and we're fully sold out. We're we're all in. The world hates us. They do, and they increasingly hate us more all the time. Um, but. Jesus said they hated me before they hated you. So know that because they hate me, they're going to hate you. Because we belong to him. So in Florida, um, I put on a, a t-shirt to go uh, walk the dog and go outside get some exercise. It, it, it's a shirt that I have that says God with a line and everything. So God over everything. And, uh, you know, I had had no problems with taking Bendy with me into the little restaurant to get breakfast. And, you know, people are just like, oh, she's so cute. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So adorable. Well, this one lady, I saw her look at me just sort of with a look as I was going out to go take the dog out. And so, you know how somebody just gives you a look and you just know they just gave you a look? Some shade just with a look? Yes. So... I turn around to come back in thinking, you know, my little happy self, everybody loves me and my dog. So I go in, she comes running in front of me, she goes, where are you going? I'm going in there. She goes, what, what do you need? I said, well, I'm just going to get coffee and breakfast for the morning. Well, she can't go in there, or your dog can't go in there. I'm sorry, but your dog cannot go in there. She didn't say I'm sorry, but she said, your dog cannot go in there. I'm like, okay, she said, well, you can take your dog back and then you can come. And she was just mean, just, just mean about it. And I realized it was the shirt that she hated. It was God that she hated. It was the God in me, even though she didn't know me. She was a hater. She hated me because of that. So we know that the world is going to hate us, and that that will cause, you know, suffering. No big deal. Took the dog back and, you know, came down, but it was an inconvenience. But sometimes it can be much worse. I mean, you know, people are getting their heads cut off because of Jesus, for the sake of Jesus. People have been sawn in two for the sake of Jesus. You know, um, so we'll, we'll suffer with him. And so we just say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. We'll be glorified together. Hallelujah. She'll have to watch as we're glorified together with Christ. Hallelujah. On our way over. On our way over. Yeah, we saw the story. Gosh, how glad I remember. On our way over. We found it. But uh, so here's a little quiz. So this, this, this is a true story. This kid was in, in school and his assignment was to, to to write something about someone that had inspired him. So he wrote about Jesus Christ and how Jesus Christ had inspired him. And, and changed his life completely. And changed his like life. Like no one else ever could. Great essay. So what did the teacher do? An F. And it said, take Jesus out of this. And take Jesus out, please. Yep. 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 So, we'll suffer with them, but we'll be glorified with them also. Amen? There's a day coming when we'll be glorified right along with Christ. Hallelujah. Alright? Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. God, who at various times and in various ways... Okay, what is Jesus? What is Jesus the heir of? Let's see what Jesus is the heir of. Y'all ready? 
Let's see what Jesus is the heir of. So we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So if we're children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, right? If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. So what is Jesus heir of, right? We're joint heirs with him? What is the heirs of? Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things. He's the heir of everything. Amen. Amen. That's why he's the great I am. I am who I am. What is it that you need? I am that. Amen. So Jesus is the heir of everything. Think about the prodigal son. The older son, after he got upset because the father took him back and he gave him a robe and a ring and killed the fatted calf and was throwing a big party for this son who'd been out partying and, and lost all the, the father's you know, money, all of his inheritance. He just squandered it all away, threw it all away. This is what the father says to, the, to that son. He said, and he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. So that's God's mindset about what he has. All that I have is yours. That was a real good place to shout amen right there because that's, the, that's, a, that's a picture of the Father God and His love for us. But see see what He says to the son that doesn't run off, the one who didn't run off? He said, look, you're with me all the time and all that I have is yours. Woo, that's awesome. Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. So it all belongs to God. If it, be if it belongs to God, if he owns the cattle on a thousand hills, then guess what? Amen. That's my inheritance yeah. as well. I'm an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. It all belongs to me too. Hallelujah. Number two, our um, inheritance is the right to use his name. So part of our inheritance is the fact that God has given him the name that's above every other name. And because God has given him that name, and he's an heir, and I'm a joint heir with him, then that means I have the right to use that name that is above every other name. It's part of my inherited right. Philippians 2, 9-11, Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Mark 16, 17 through 18. We looked at this last week, but let's look at it again with our inheritance. This is part of our inheritance as believers. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And they will recover. So he said, we have the right to use his name in all these situations. Hallelujah. And it's not just any name. It's the name above every other name. That's why he says, don't take my name in vain. Don't say Jesus Christ. Don't do that. The angels don't know what to do. Amen. Don't take his name in vain. Don't use that name loosely or lightly. That's the name of our Savior. It's part of our inheritance. Number three. Our inheritance is power and authority over every contrary situation. Matthew 28, 18, and Jesus came and spoke to them. This is after he's died and been raised. He said, all authority, all authority, all authority, all authority, King of kings, Lord of lords, all authority has been given to me in heaven 
authority is mine as well. Amen. I have, the, I have the right of an unction of function. I have the right to use his name and shut some things down. I have the right to use his name and open some things up and tell stuff what to do. Hallelujah. Because we talk to stuff with authority. Why? Because we got the badge to back it up. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's why when we do our confession and I say, you know, um, when I'm talking about um, overcoming the devil, saying I'm becoming everything the devil fears I'll be, I look down. Why? Because he's under my feet. I give you the authority to trample. If I'm trampling on him, then that means he's under my feet. Amen? Anywhere it seems like he's gotten out from under your feet in your life, you need to talk to him and say, sucker, get back under my feet. Not today, playboy. I am not the one. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Behold, I give you the authority, power, the exousia. In the Greek, it's the exousia, which means the power and the dominion. You know, that's, that's our God-given right as a spirit created in the image of God. Have dominion over absolutely everything except each other. Amen. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. You know, the first minute you go into a, a, trial, a, a trial, a test, or a storm, the first thing you're going to experience is fear. But if we'll focus on this, hey, nothing shall by any means hurt you. And this does not have power to harm me. And in the Amplified says, I have deprived it of power to harm you. I have to and have conquered it for you. In fact, that's that's where he says in this life you'll have tribulation. Yeah, that's that's the scripture where he says that. In this life you'll have tribulation and trials and troubles. He says, but cheer up. I've overcome the world. I've deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it. For you. So it's already conquered. Amen. It's already conquered. He's under my feet. Amen. Number four. Our inheritance is the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's part of the inheritance. Ephesians 4.30 says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God whom you were sealed for the day of, of redemption. See, God has given us a down payment on eternity. And that down payment is the Holy Spirit. He's the seal. It's, it's, the, it's the seal on the contract that says you're entitled to it. It's the seal on a contract that says that you're entitled to it. Let me say this, and then I want to talk to you about uh, something. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupt word. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? How do we grieve Him? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Look, let's look at back up to verse 29. He says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed to the day of redemption. Let's don't grieve the Holy Spirit, y'all. You know, and I believe when you're talking about someone, yeah. God don't like that. Amen. God don't like ugly. Amen. I believe it was Mike Murdoch that had um, said something about one of his uh, people who worked for him. You know, he just said to another worker that worked for him, he said, yeah, he's just lazy. And it was true. The guy was lazy. The other guy said, yeah, that's true. He, he's lazy. But he gets back to his room, Mike Murdoch does, he gets back to his room and he's like, wait a minute, something's not right. Something's not right. Uh, somehow I feel like I've grieved the Holy Spirit. You, he's so sensitive, you can feel 
when you've grieved him with something you say or something you've said or something you've done. And he's talked to God about it, and God said, you grieved me when you said that about that person. He said, well, God is true. He said, I know it's true, but he's a project that I'm working on. And you had no right to attach that and speak that over him. So we, we grieve the Holy Spirit with, with corrupt words, with words that don't edify, words that don't build up. If it's not true, lovely, praiseworthy, or of a good report, it might be true, but it's not a good, it's not a good report, don't say it. Amen. So it's too important. The Holy Spirit in our lives, the power, the supernatural power, it's too important, especially for this time that we're living in, y'all. We're living in this time where there's an outpouring coming that God needs us to be full of the Holy Spirit. This generation wants authenticity. They want to see. Show me. Show me. Amen. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Look at Hebrews 12, 16. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless like Esau who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a bowl of beans. He traded his birthright for a right now satisfaction. A bowl of beans. I'm so hungry I could die. And he sold his birthright, his inheritance, to his brother for a bowl of beans. So he is the seal. The Holy Spirit is the seal of the full inheritance. The seal of the Holy Spirit. You know, this week, y'all, this is the craziest thing. This, this is the kind of stuff that happens to other people. That says my name on it. Sally Ann Clement Snow. That's my name. My name. And I, I get this letter from an attorney. I thought, oh, Lord. My goodness. You know, you don't expect it to be something good when it's an attorney, right? But evidently, I have a cousin who passed away with no heirs. So this cousin died three years ago with no will and no heirs. And they hired a company to find out who her heirs are. My return envelope that I'll be sending my paperwork in. But he, they hired a company to find out who was in the bloodline. So here, y'all see that? See all those little yellow circles? That's all the people that are heirs and family members of this cousin. I honestly didn't even know her. I don't, I don't even know her. Her name was Doris. Doris Ann Duncan. Doris Ann Duncan. Praise the Lord for Doris. But here's, here's me right here. That's me right there. That means because I'm in this bloodline, I'm entitled to respond and get my piece of the inheritance. Now, if we're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, there's a piece of the inheritance that you need to get. But listen, it comes with a page. I've got to get notarized. And, and the notary has, I've got to sign it. The notary's got to sign it. But it's not legal until it's got a seal on it. See, this inheritance that we have has a seal on it. And the seal is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is the down payment 
on the eternal uh, uh, life with God that we're going to have. You know, back in Bible days, they would give you a pledge. If somebody owed you something, they would give you their, their ring or their signet or something that was called a pledge, and you would hold it as a seal until they made good on what they owed you. So I don't even know how much it is. Praise the Lord. There's about, I don't know, 20 or 30 of us that, that get to divide up whatever uh, cousin, cousin Doris, <laughs> whatever Cousin Doris was, had, we're going to all divide it up. This has never happened to me before. You're very excited. But see, God has sealed this inheritance that we have with Him. It's been sealed. It's been notarized with the Holy Spirit. So we, we have the down payment on the full boat, on the full thing. Amen? So it's not a little thing that we receive the Holy Spirit. It's what makes it tangible that we get to have it. Amen? So number five, our inheritance is to have eternal life. Eternal life. It's part of our inheritance. Jesus is the firstborn. Uh, being raised from the dead, he's the first and he's the forerunner, but we all get to have a resurrected life, amen? A life where we live with him eternally, not just in the spirit, but our bodies are going to be reunited with our spirit one day and we'll be with him forever. John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah, Titus 3, 7. Having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank You for the inheritance that we have. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we know it's ours. We've been sealed for the day of redemption by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's our notary. It lets us know that we have it, that it belongs to us. So God, we thank you for this inheritance of supernatural power that belongs to us. Father, we just pray that we would rise up in this revelation like the garment that he is. Knowing who we are, that we would really get a real revelation what it means to be a son and an heir of God. And a joint heir with Christ. That Lord, we would begin to talk to things with the authority of knowing who we are. Talk to things expecting them to obey. Thank you, Father, that we're walking in a realm that we've never walked in before. A realm we've never seen before. So, Father, we ask you to make our ears more sensitive to your Holy Spirit. Open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, and show us wonderful things in your word. Lord, show us opportunities. Yes, Lord, I hear you. Show us opportunities for people who need to have that supernatural encounter with God. Show us, Father. Father, as we hear, as we hear your spirit say, tell this one this, tell that one that, Lord, we'll be, we'll be bold enough to say it. So the righteous are bold as a lion. So we thank you for the boldness that comes with the power of the Holy Spirit to be a witness. Lord, we are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of salvation. So Lord, we ask you to raise us to ever new heights in your word. Ever new heights, Lord. Even those are things, these are things that we know and we're, we're, we're settled in it. But God, we've got to stir it up. Help us, Lord, to stir it up. To stay on the cutting edge of where you are in this generation. Father, we pray over this election. Father, we pray, let your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. 
We pray that people would see clearly, see clearly that Christians would see clearly to vote, Lord, for, for the candidate that you speak to us to vote for, Father, for those that are for the things that you're for, for those who are against that which you're against, Father, we ask you to make it clear to us so that we know how to vote and that we, we, we go and we do it. Father, even if we have to wait in line, Father, let us be, be uh, ever mindful that many people didn't get to vote. Lord, now we have the right and the privilege to vote. That Lord, we go and we do it. So Lord, we just pray over this nation. We declare that we are one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, for everyone, Father. We thank you that those things that must be changed in our nation get changed, Father, with this coming election, Lord. Lord, we pray that things that must be changed will be changed, Father. Those things, Lord, as we, as we pray and seek your face and turn from our wicked ways, God, we ask you to heal our land. We lift it up before you, Father. We ask you to heal this land. Heal the United States of America. Bring us back together again. Heal what the hurts and all the divide, Lord. We ask you to heal it in Jesus' mighty name. We speak to the United States of America and we declare healing. We declare unity come now in Jesus' name. We are Americans. Jesus' name. We speak and declare that our land is healed. A refreshing is coming across the land, says the Lord. A refreshing is coming across this land. Watch now for it, says the Lord. A refreshing is coming across this land. Watch. Watch me do it. A refreshing. We receive it, Lord. We receive it. Just like a jubilee here. And just like a jubilee, just like a jubilee, there's a refreshing coming. Thank you, Father. We receive it.